Hey, this is Chris and Jan Woodruff, and you are listening to the Hindsight Podcast, where we sit down with people and we take a look back at what we can learn from a very specific season in their life. So this is our second marriage podcast that we're getting ready to introduce. And as you can tell, there's been a little bit of a gap. What we've found out is that people who have been married for a long period of time are far more busy and active and and into everything, more so even than a family with six. Yeah. They've got busy schedules, man. They've got a lot going on. So those of you that have been our regular listeners and are wondering, okay, what happened? When's the next podcast? We're just had a hard time scheduling these folks. They've got a lot going on. So we'd um, have something scheduled and then they'd have to cancel. Either they are travelers or they have grandchildren that they're wanting to go see different year-end things, or they're just involved, which is really cool. And so if anything I've learned is that we are going to stay active and involved and busy and having fun in our second phase of marriage, whatever that looks like. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. So do you want to introduce our next couple? Yeah, I'm super excited about uh, the folks that we're sitting with on this one. Uh, and and this is a really cool couple. They've been married over 50 years. And uh, Charlie and Patty Renfro. And uh, they're just a hoot of a couple. They are. The stories that they can tell, and Charlie especially. And I'm really surprised he did not reference a whole lot of Bear Bryant in the podcast. He's a big uh, Alabama guy. With him, but yeah, usually there's a Bear Bryant something in there because he's a big Alabama fan. They met in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, and attended uh, University of Alabama as well. So big, big, big Bama fans. And so we interviewed them anyway. <laughs> and uh, But just a wealth of just, you know, nuggets of wisdom and tons of fun. So you're going to enjoy hearing from Charlie and Patty. And it's all over the board, people. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. That's right. It is. We uh, kind of teed it up, and it just it <clears throat> took off. The plane took off, and it just went several directions, depending on what they felt like talking about, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and Charlie's not the guy that you uh, silence quickly, and uh, you just kind of let him go. You let him go because you know it's going to end with some kind of nugget of wisdom, and uh, and you just want to listen. So mm-hmm. um, that's what we did. And so we went on some fun tangents, but yeah. I'm excited for you guys uh, to listen in on and and uh, and hear uh, from Charlie and Patty. Hey everybody, we're sitting down with Charlie and Patty Renfro. Thank you guys for sitting down, making time in this crazy uh, crazy season that we're in to share just about marriage. Uh, and so I'd love for you guys if you'll jump in first with just to give our insight, uh, our listeners a little insight. Um, tell us a little bit about how long you've been married, um, how'd you meet, how many kids, all that kind of stuff. Give us a little bit of uh, background. Good. Well, we both grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and we both went to the same high school. We did not meet, though, until I was a senior, and he had already graduated. And my dad would, said he would let me use the car one night to go to a Jerry Lee Lewis concert cool. at our high school. <laughs> nice. I didn't even like Jerry Lee Lewis. And but he was, I was at your so, high school? Yes. I was oh so God. excited to uh, to have be able to drive the car. So I took a girlfriend, and we went, and it was, as Andy Stanley says, it was a very defining moment because mm-hmm. uh, I sat down behind him, and he was alone, 
And so we started, you know, looking at each other. He'd turn around and look at me and smile, and then I'd look at him and smile. And I thought, <laughs> oh, he's the best-looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> and so, anyway, we just did that throughout the concert. We never said anything to each other, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know what his name was. I, I couldn't remember him from, from our school, so... Uh, he said, we left, we got up and left, and he went home. He looked me up in the an- in the annual, and my last name was Nottingham, so I was easy to find in the phone book. So There was only one. Only one of them. He Good called job. me. Lucky for you, I'm batting a thousand here. <laughs> <laughs> I think he called me the next day, and I told him I was going steady with a Marine, and he just kept calling, was very persistent, so I finally just forgot about the Marine and went out with him. <laughs> And, you know, we just were crazy about each other. I was, uh, I was 17. 17 at the time. And you were 18. It was right about uh, Valentine's Day, February, mm-hmm. that we met. And, so and by the time I graduated, we really wanted to get married. I know this sounds crazy, but back then, people got married younger. Right. Yeah, they and did. so my and dad said, together. if yeah. you will both go to Alabama, you can live in the married housing, mm-hmm. then I will consent to let y'all get married. So we got married after being after only knowing each other six or seven months. Wow. Yeah, well, it was uh, a, a crazy thing. I was working for my uncle in another little town and had come home for the Saturday night because uh, there's nothing to do in Greensboro, Alabama, but watch cows eat grass. So we came. I came home, and my mother fixed me a big meal. I was tired, but I said, you know, I love Jerry Lee Lewis, so I like to play the piano. And so I said, I'm going to get up and go on over there after I have supper, and I did. And that's why I didn't have a date. And speaking of this dating deal, I'd never dated the same girl more than two or three times my entire life. I never mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of girlfriends right. and, and girls that I liked to go out with and dance, but nobody that I was ever really serious about at all until Patty Nottingham sat down behind me <laughs> in February of 1962. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and, and people ask us now, how long have y'all been married? And I said, well, Patty won't let me tell you that, but I'll tell you this. John F. Kennedy was president. The Beatles had just come to America, and gas was a quarter. <laughs> so that's a long time. <laughs> so that's a, that's a pretty long time. So uh, her father said, you know, I'll, I'll give you my blessings for y'all to get married, but I really want you to go to school and get an education and be an educated redneck instead of an ignorant redneck. <laughs> <laughs> he literally told me that. So we did. We got married and uh, went to Panama City on our honeymoon. And, and the first week of September after Labor Day, we were the only people on the beach. Wow. Because people didn't go down there yeah. in, yep. the, in the fall and, and springtime like they do now. Mm-hmm. It's almost 12 months. But anyway, uh, so we came back after our honeymoon. We, uh, I went to work for him selling printing supplies because my uncle wouldn't let me move back to Tuscaloosa to sell tires because he wanted me to stay in Greensboro because I was really good at doing that. (laughs) So I went to work for her father, and it was the most boring job I've ever had in my (laughs) life, you know. And uh, I'd come home at night from school and and, or either afternoon having, you know, gone to work in the afternoon at his printing place trying to sell envelopes and 
letterheads and printing stuff, and it was the most boring thing. And then sometimes when I didn't have a class in the morning, she'd say, you need to get up and go down there to work. I said, I hate that job. <laughs> I hate that job. I really did. I was so bored. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm like right at pushing 20 now. And so he came in one Friday uh, about about this time of the year, about the 1st of May, and, and he called me Top Cat. And he said, Top Cat, he says, you are not happy, I'm not happy, and I'm going to set you free. <laughs> he said, but you will land on your feet. And he said, I know you will. I believe in you. So he gave me my last $50 check. That's what I was making a week. Wow. And uh, so I got up the next morning because I had a wife. And by that time, we had a Chuck was coming along. So I And I was in school. So I had to pay my way. I was paying my way through school. So I got up and go and get my mother's lawnmower, and I cut yards all day long Saturday mm-hmm. and made more money cutting yards that one day than he was paying me a week. Wow. Hmm. And when I came in from school on Monday about 1 o'clock, and we were living in, in a barracks at the University of Alabama, literally Army barracks that they had converted into little bitty 500-square-foot apartments. Huh. And our rent was $35 a month, oh all utilities gosh. included. <laughs> all utilities. The times have changed. Yeah. So, oh, yes. Chris, I came in from school, and Patty had a legal sheet of women that had called saying that I saw your husband cutting my neighbor's yard, my yard needs cutting. I mean, a legal pad <clears throat> of people that want me to come cut their yard. So, for the next three years, I worked my way through and supported our family and paid my way through school cutting yards. Cutting wow, yards. I had a awesome. big lawn service by the time yeah, it was all over I with. I bet. So, and that's how I got into billboard business. And so that's another. So I went down to see the guy that owned the billboards about cutting the bushes in front of the billboards coming into town. And in the process of doing that and getting to know him and the creative side of selling advertising, which was completely mm-hmm. different than selling yeah. envelopes. Yeah. It was a very creative thing, huh. and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I harassed him for about a month until he hired me. And so that's how I got into that. And that's how you got into that. Billboard cool. business. That's yeah. great. Now, how many kids did y'all have while you were in college? Two. No, no, we had, Ch- we had Scott after we got out and was living over in uh, Cedar Crest. Well, yeah, but you were in school. I was still in school, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, Scott was there when we were still in school. And then shortly after that, I was getting so good at selling billboards and so bad at studying <laughs> that I, I had a what they call a QPA deficiency. You had to make a certain grade point average to stay, to stay eligible right, right. and to stay in marriage student housing, <clears throat> which I needed to do or wanted to do. So I had to get a deferment. I had to drop out a semester. That meant I had to move out of my our apartment. Gotcha. So uh, that's when I said, you know, I'm just going to go full-time billboards because I love this work. That's what my career is going to be. Yeah. And uh, I'll get a Ph.D. in selling billboards. So <laughs> Good for you. So that's why we did that. Yeah. And then uh, and then's when we had our third son, which is, uh, Patty was saying earlier, about another defining moment other yeah. than Jerry Lee Lewis was, I'll let you tell that story. Okay. When we had our third son, um, I was 23. Mm-hmm. So you can see I was having them right Quickly. away. Yeah. We, had, we actually had five in eight years. Wow. Uh, but when you're young, you can do that. You know, yeah. I, I look back now, I see that yeah. I had plenty of energy. And yeah. 
But it was still hard because he worked all the time, and he wouldn't get home until 8 or 9 o'clock at night wow. sometimes. And then he worked on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a difficult time for us. Um, and I think when our third child got sick when he was about nine months old with a blood disorder, and this was something that the Lord greatly used in our marriage was um, that he did not survive that illness. And I had we were going to church, but really, you know, we didn't look forward to going to church. I think we went because we're you just were to, supposed to do that. To, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but um, while our baby was in the hospital, our minister came and he shared a verse with me, and I'd never... I never knew that you could take a verse and claim it hmm. and make it your verse. Mm-hmm. And it was Romans eight twenty eight that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according mm-hmm. to His purpose. Mm-hmm. So I just decided I was going to claim that verse and mm-hmm. trust God with what had happened. Of course, I was devastated. Um, mm-hmm. Really very, very difficult time. But... Our baby's funeral was on a Saturday in July, and the next morning, I remember I got up. I could not wait to go to church Mm. and take my two little boys with me. And during the invitation, we were Baptists then. During the invitation, um, I was standing there, and I just felt the Lord so real telling me in my heart that I know this is hard, but if you'll just trust me, you will not believe the life I have planned for you. Mm -hmm. And I shared that with all my grandchildren at Christmas a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at all of them in our living room as about 22 people there. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I want to tell, I want to share with you how God spoke to me in my heart that day. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is what he was planning for me all along is all of you. And what a blessing. And he still continues to, to work and bless us. And, right. you know, we right after we lost our child, we were moved to Gadsden, Alabama. And God just took all of our old friends that really were not good influences away and moved us to a whole new atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And we had Bible studies. We had a great church. In fact, Randy Pope, uh, who yeah. you uh, probably yeah. know, mm-hmm. he, he was a teenager and, in our church. And going to Alabama. Well, he was going to Alabama at the time, and we became good friends with with John, uh, him, you and know. Jim Baird was the yeah. minister. Some yeah. of some of you may have heard of him, yeah. but um, it was a great move for us. And while we were there, we were there four years. While we were there, we had our daughter. She was born, and so that was going to be it. You know, mm-hmm. no more. That was enough. <laughs> and then when she was six months old, I found out I was going to have another oh, one. Oh, my goodness. And it's, that, all, it's all that sex, you know. <laughs> and, I, you know, we tell our mentor group, the two-for-one, and we said, let me tell you some good advice about this. There's, It's a mathematical impossibility to over-practice having sex, okay? <laughs> so... If, you may want to cut this out. We, <laughs> no, no, this is good truth. stuff. It's good stuff. For you, this is, you know, this is real. Was, you, one of the questions, what would you do more of 
have more sex. I mean, you know, <laughs> why not? I mean, that's what God intended for that's us right. to have. You're and that will create right. an intimacy that's mm-hmm. unbelievable and unparalleled, right. and it grows you grows you closer. And, Absolutely. It, and we experienced that, obviously. <laughs> we were we were children with children, and yeah. what it really right. was. Uh-huh. And then we lost one. Well, and yeah. I, I'll say our marriage was very difficult before all that happened to us. Uh, because he worked all the time, yeah. and I had all these babies, and mm-hmm. you know it was very frustrating. And I really think that we would not be together today if we had not gone through that great loss, because yeah. it changed really changed his heart and and your perspective. Because you yeah. either come together or grow apart. Well, right. and, and know, he decided I, I'm not going to work all the time. Right. I, I want to be with my children. I want them to know know me and right. want to be with me when they're grown. Yeah. And so he started devoting more time to that and I'll let you pick up well, on that. Well, it was it was true because you know, we know through Lighthouse that parents that have a difficulty with a child with mm-hmm. any debilitating disease or if they lose one, the divorce rate is yep. in the 85 percentile. That's right. We even had a friend of Jed's that he went to high school with that was killed in a home fire when he was mm-hmm. 17 years old. He was an only child. Yeah. A year later, his parents divorced. Yeah. You know, it'll yeah. either tear you apart yeah. or it'll bring you together. And I determined that it was going to bring us together mm-hmm. because I was not going to miss what I believe that God wanted me to have with my children. Right. And I had four. I had two left at that time. Then he gave me two more, mm-hmm. and it just it was incumbent on my mind to try to get my work schedule less and less. Uh, but the demands of the company that I was with were expanding so fast. Right. When I went to work for that guy, Chris, he had one company in Tuscaloosa. By the time I left, 10 years later, we had bought 27 companies oh, wow. in the southeast, and I was running about four of them, wow. supervising and managing. and I was just never home. And so I came home one night. And uh, Patty was bathing about about eight o'clock. <laughs> She's in there bathing Jed and Krista in the tub, and I put the toilet seat down. And said, "Sit down. I got to tell you something." <clears throat> she said, "Oh no, he's going to leave me or whatever, you know." <laughs> uh, so she sat down, and I said, "I can't do this anymore." She said, "What?" I said, "I can't do this work schedule anymore." and be where I'm supposed to be with these babies and kids and my boys. And mm-hmm. I've missed too many birthday parties. Yeah. I've missed too many Alabama football games <laughs> because mm-hmm. we had to work on Saturday. Sure. And uh, my life is more important than a bunch of freaking billboards. So I said, I'm going to Tuscaloosa in the morning to a man that I absolutely love and loved working for, and I'm going to quit my job. <clears throat> and she starts crying. I mean, she is boohooing. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, I've really boogered this deal up. <laughs> and she said, no, 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 because, like, don't worry. I think I'll be okay if I can't find a company to buy. I'll, I'll get a job selling billboards somewhere because yeah. I'm good at it. And she said, no, 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 no. She said, "What I've been praying that God would either get my mind wrapped around this schedule or that you would quit this job. Wow. <laughs> and I just started yeah. crying. It was just unbelievable that she supported me so much. And from that day forward, I never worked again on another Saturday in my life. And we spent the next 20 years of our life raising those kids, going to camping, football mm-hmm. games, birthday parties, mm-hmm. Because I owned my own company when I finally got that put together. And I was given, listen, I was 30 years old. I had no money saved. I had four kids, and I quit my job. 
with nothing lined up because the company I was working for, if I tried to get another job, it was such a small industry, and we knew everybody in that industry, the word would have been back to him the next minute, and he'd have fired me. And when I wanted the... The, I wanted the responsibility to go tell him man to man, face to face, I'm leaving. Here's why, and I wish you luck, and I love this work, and and uh, I'm out of here. And he gave me three months pay. Wow, and that was it. I tell you what, Charlie, though, such a um, a great testimony. Two things: one, the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. To, that you're praying for that, yeah. right? And you hadn't communicated that to him. You're no. just praying, and God spoke to his heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, Charlie, just the message for the men out there that um, that it's not all about the work until 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock on the Saturdays. Not even close. How you valued and put the priority on your family, and me knowing what was beyond <clears throat> that, knowing the success that you've had in the billboard business, how it's grown— grown to a family business, your kids are invited, just everything that God has then multiplied from it. He blessed that, I think. Yeah, he did. He did. And my children were raised in that business loving it because their daddy was at the supper table every night at 6 o'clock and had them doing some fabulous activity every weekend. (laughs) Yeah. And I bought a boat, and we started going offshore uh, to the oil rigs, fishing. every. If we we could get out the jetties, we'd go fishing. Mm -hmm. All of them would go. They loved it. And none of them ever would get seasick but her. (laughs) So we took the kid. And then when we wasn't going offshore, I built a big swimming pool in my backyard, and we had all their kids over, their friends over, and right. our kids were there. We was cooking hamburgers. or we'd, I had a little pop-up camper at that. We'd go camping. We'd yeah. go to the hill country of Texas camping. And then one time, we loaded all, all four of them up, and we loaded up and went to, we went to uh, Vail, Colorado camping. Oh, wow. And then we got back from that trip. The, the little three-channel television stations that we were getting back in those days was distracting their attention. So I gave our TV set away. Oh, wow. and for because th- three channels. Three, well, yeah. <laughs> ABC, this was before CNN right. and Fox. Yeah, or, I remember that. Right. Turner, it was uh-huh. CBS, ABC, and NBC. NBC. And it was Saturday mornings was a distraction watching cartoons. And that was before cell phones, iPads, right. or anything. Right. Yeah. This was in the mid-70s. Hmm. And so I gave the TV set away for three years. We did not have a television set in our house. And every night we'd sit at that supper table and we'd talk about grades. We'd talk about how to go to school today. What what mom get done today? Dad, do you sell any billboards today? Yeah, mm-hmm. we'd talk about that. So they were raised up in that business, grew to love it, and ended up helping me run it and then running it and then buying it from me. So awesome. Patty and I were talking about free we're really free I mean, <laughs> we, uh, my job now is taking care of her taking yeah. care of ourselves and taking care of you know 11 grandchildren and mm-hmm. one great great granddaughter and that's our our challenge and our job Go when on. you think about your first 25 years of marriage obviously you know the kids are a major part of that mm-hmm. whole thing and obviously making the decision for your work schedule to be more balanced so that you're at home and you're giving your kids mm-hmm. balance and your wife balance. What are some core things that you guys did early in those years outside of those two things that you feel like you continued on into your next section of marriage? Well, one of them, is, as, as Patty uh, spoke about, when we moved to Gadsden, Alabama, we were like 24 and 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing we did, we went to a Wednesday night supper at the First Presbyterian Church where Randy Pope ran mm-hmm. and everybody else in, in that community. 
And the first couple that we sat down next to was a young architect, about 30 years old, a little older than us. He had just buried his six-year-old daughter Hmm. from leukemia. Hmm. And his name was Ben, I can't remember his last name. I'm just drawing a blank. But anyway, a wonderful young Christian architect. And he... He shared with me how to walk through some of that grief and identified mm-hmm. with him. Right. That's why this common ground is so important because here was an experienced child loser yeah. that yeah. God put me next to and his wife to help me and Patty hmm. continue through that dark valley. And so those kinds of you know defining moments yeah. when you get to experience that I'm not the only person that's been in this valley. Uh, here's someone that's done it and yeah. uh and is doing it today so the answer to the question was we kept our family as close to a good spiritual teaching mm-hmm. environment as we could right not only for our children but for ourselves and trying to stay in good bible lessons mm-hmm. got involved we raised our kids on focus on the family dare to discipline mm-hmm. the greatest child book ever written mm-hmm. i don't care what everybody else says <laughs> get a copy of dare to discipline it's an incredible wise book that dr dobson wrote mm-hmm. who we got to be good friends with through a big billboard campaign that i did for <laughs> one time so that was the intense moments the right? intense moments right and we had that. ten thousand billboards all across america on focus on the family and then that got us with Melinda uh, and, a, and a family on his broadcast right. one time. That's right. And that's when we started picking up families from across America yeah. some, somewhat. Yeah. So anyway, just keeping ourselves in a good spiritual environment. Mm-hmm. And then in, some, in a lot of those environments, there would be financial teaching, God's uh, you know, ideas on money. And we would learn about those kind mm-hmm. of things. And then Andy's deal is we keep coming along with that. Of you know, save ten percent, give ten percent, and and live on the rest. Right. And well, we try to give twenty percent and save twenty percent, and what's left, give give some of that away. Right. And just enjoy it with ourselves and our grandchildren. Well, once you got um, into that next phase, then so it's let you know you get fast forward to when the kids are graduating high school. Yeah. Now they're all headed out to college. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you guys? did or learned to do to really keep now your relationship strong to get you to where you are today because everything was so family-centric, family-centric. Well, now the kids are off and they're gone. They're starting their own families and it's just the two of you. Mm -hmm. How did you invest in that relationship? What did you guys do to grow your relationship? Well, I think it's a big adjustment because as each one left, except there is one child that we have that I didn't, I wasn't too sad when he left. <laughs> he, was, he was kind of the one we had a hard time with. But um, as, I mean, especially the first one when he left, you know, there's that empty chair at the table. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, you know, you're just tough. so sad. Mm-hmm. You're it, It's a huge void. Uh, but you, you just learn to to grow with it and mm-hmm. accept it and, you know, mm-hmm. other things fill that space. I remember when we put him on the plane and drove away uh, from the airport, I had to pull the car over. I couldn't drive. Mm-hmm. I'm just... And then our mm-hmm. daughter, um, you know, when she left, I, it, that was really hard. I cried all the way home from Furman. And then every and time we'd go back the first year, I would, you know, cry all the way home. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I made the adjustment and um, it just takes time. But 
I think we were just focused and we, you know, we communicated, we talked about how we were feeling and supported each other. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that breeds intimacy. (laughs) Charlie, it breeds intimacy. I mean, it is. It does. I mean, you got to have it. And and if you don't have it, you lose a lot. (laughs) You lose a lot in the intimacy. You You really do. So. Uh, but I think it's the once you get through the adjustment of being, you know, empty nest, mm-hmm. then it's really great because you just you enjoy the the peace and quiet and not having so many commitments, and you know you can just really be with each other, and we are complete opposites, so we had to learn how to mm-hmm. help each other, and we need each other because where I'm weak, he's stronger, <clears throat> and vice versa, so. Mm. You know, we've learned that how much we need each other. And I think mm-hmm. another thing, too, is my parents divorced when I was 20. And back then, no one got a divorce. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. very rare. Yeah. They were married for 27 years. So mm. it was a huge shock. And I just felt like I never had a place to go home to after that. And I just mm-hmm. vowed that I did not want my children to have to go through with that. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us felt that divorce was never an option. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I, sometimes I wanted to leave, but I didn't have anywhere to go. So right. and I told, <laughs> where are you going to go? <laughs> and I told her, if she ever leaves me, I'm going with you. <laughs> That's right. Well, you do that now. Uh, but back then, you, I think I remember you saying one time, I did. Well, you, when I missed Texas, believe it or not, when after we moved Texas. from Texas to East Tennessee. I said, you know, I just want to go back. I'm going back. I think one day we had a big fight, and I said, I'm going back. He said, well, fine, but you're not taking the kids with you. <laughs> well, it was just Jed and Krista. They were yeah. at, school, at home, yeah. and and she really didn't like Texas. She, I mean, Galveston, Texas. I miss my friends. Yeah, yeah. we had some good friends. but And Johnson City didn't even have a restaurant at yeah. the time, <laughs> maybe a McDonald's. Yeah. And, you know, we were living near Houston, so we had lots yeah. of shopping and yeah. things Houston, to Texas. do. Yeah. And it all was that. nice. But there's something to be said. I mean, early on when we were doing our premarital is that you have to make a concentrated decision that divorce will yeah. never be an option. You can't let that get in your head. And it's interesting yep. because there's people who that's their first thing, their first line of defense. Oh, well, we'll yeah. just leave. I'll just yeah. leave you. But I have learned over our, we've been married 19 years, is that knowing that's not an option, you work yeah. harder, you yeah. fight harder. Changes the discussion. You're yeah. more grace-filled towards the other. Like you find ways to work it out. And yeah. then at the when you work it out, it's always sweeter. Yeah. It's always a little bit better. And so are there any speed bumps that y'all hit where you feel like you had that? And then because you went over the extra you went the extra mile. Well, I it think one of those bred more intimacy for y'all. That time when we were living in Tennessee and she was hell-bent to go back to Texas for some reason, you know. Yeah. And when we leave a place, we leave it. I mean, that's, that's it. <laughs> and so she finally had to come to the realization that what was important, and as we communicated and stayed, and we're still in a really good church, in, even in East Tennessee, that it was important for our family to stay together and that we're not going to break it up and we're not going to go back to Texas because mm-hmm. my work is here in East Tennessee right. and I sold the company in Texas and I have a 10-year non-compete so I can't go back and sell used cars. Right. So we're not going to do that. So it was a process of, of communicating and being sensitive to her feelings about that but firm that yeah. we got to 
Mm-hmm. You know, my my responsibility is to protect her, our home, and our family right. in the best way that I can in a loving manner. Mm-hmm. And we always tried to do that. We did. We've, we've never really been really antagonistic about anything, even yeah. though we've had some disagreements. But, sure. But it's a process of being, of understanding that here's the final goal is to finish well. And she says this all the time. We want to just finish well with our children and our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And we want to leave them with a a role model as that is a marriage that I can have. But I got to be willing to pay the price, the prices that create. And that means being financially accountable, spiritually accountable, Mm -hmm. parental accountable, uh, you know, raising your children correctly, keeping them in a correct environment. And, you know, she was telling you about one of our sons uh, when he turned 16 years old he went crazy mm-hmm. and decided that he was I used to call him Mr. Consequences because he, <laughs> he was willing to face them whatever the deal was but he was we have all kind of disagreements about his lifestyle but he is always respectful to me because we always had that we always had a good quality <clears throat> relationship of communication and it was always respectful and so finally, his senior year in high school, I had to ask him to leave the house. I said, you can't live here because i got two more kids that I'm responsible to, and you're now 18, and you got to yeah. go. And you mm-hmm. can join the Army. You can join the Navy. The bottom line of that loving story mm-hmm. was that he finally came back, got his, got his head stra- strapped on right. He and I became great friends, our good friends, and he ended up president of my company. Hmm. That's a great story. Yeah. And I think it was because that we had a game plan, a goal, yep. and we were not going to get off of that game plan and goal of teaching and coaching yeah. in our family and relationships. And you got to have a plan. Yep, I love it. Well, listen, last question because um, we got to wrap up. Um, I would love to hear from you. It's a two-part question okay. um, related to the last fifty-something years of marriage, right? Um, looking back, is there something that you would share with a couple that's maybe they're at, like us, at the 19, 20-year mark, maybe they're at 30, um, something that you guys, looking back, wish you would do more of, and maybe something that you guys wished you would actually do less of, um, that got you to where you are today? We talked about that, and we really tried to think, you know, of something, but I think we just had such a full life, you know, so many mm-hmm. great experiences and traveling. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we're, our kids are our best friends. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we do things with them all the time. And um, Well, like when our last parent died, our parents, uh, I bought an Airstream trailer and she and I went across America for six or seven years traveling all over yeah. this country, taking grandkids with us, yeah. sometimes sons and grandsons yeah. with us. Mm-hmm. And we just spent our time together doing things, and that was one of them. And in and, and, and answering that question, she just said, you know, because we think that we were focused in, in, on our family, if you will, and th- did what we thought were the correct things, that God blessed our family, blessed our business, immeasurably so which allowed us to do things uh vacation wise Mm -hmm. that we probably would not have been able to have done you know we got a vacation home in florida 
and we like being down there. And our kids, hey, our kids like coming to Florida, right? So right. create well, an environment that your children and grandchildren would want to be in and then show visit. up. Yeah. yeah, but that's something right there is just that idea of doing more of that, of creating those opportunities yeah. where you're doing stuff with them because yeah. you're doing it together. Yeah. Well, right? and I just wanted to say one thing I regret is that it's just all gone too fast. Yeah. And you don't and regret I that. I know uh, everyone that. feels that way as they look back on their life. Mm-hmm. So I would just say to treasure hmm. every moment mm-hmm. that you have with right. your family and your friends and right. your church and because it it does go quickly. So quick. And but I I mean we're just so blessed and we don't always get along. You know, I'm not want to paint that kind of picture, but right. we know how to sit down and work it out and talk about it when mm-hmm. we know that we're not in fellowship with each other. Um, then we just have to we have to get it right, yeah. and I think we give each other the right amount of space. Mm-hmm. Like he's leaving Sunday on a camping trip, and I'm ready for him to go. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to Disney World with Chris and her kids. Well, that's they awesome. invited me since it's yeah. Mother's Day, oh, so that's that'll right. be good. But you know, um, we we are really opposite because I like to be quiet and I'm an introvert. And he just can't get enough of being with people yep, right. and talking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I calm him down and he gets me going. I get her jacked and up. And so, I mean, we just... <laughs> but that's we, a good balance. Yeah, we need yeah. each other. We yeah. really do. That's awesome. Uh, and, you know, like this, she's right. Sunday, I'm taking our two 21-year-old grandsons camping to Key West in the Airstream and they've been going with us every year since they were four. That's awesome. Aww. That's a whole nother podcast because I, I love that. I know a lot 21. of those stories. So. And they're 21, yeah. so how does that happen? Yeah, that's awesome. I hate to go. No, that's all right. Let me wrap up real quick. Okay. So three things. Three things I did here just in that learning piece, right, is know your spouse, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so important because you guys have yeah. learned how to know you're different, so how do you adapt? Communicate. Um, that's been huge for y'all. Awesome. Communicate. And have more sex, Charlie. Have more sex. <laughs> have more sex. So, hey, that's the Renfro's, guys. We're so grateful for y'all sitting down with us. Thank, thank you, you, thank so you, much. thank you for sharing You're your welcome. wisdom. We really appreciate you guys. We love you. Well, maybe and, we'll uh, do really one, 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 do a podcast on how to keep grandchildren excited about coming to see their grandparents. Love I love it. it. I think we, we will, definitely need to do that you'll one. You'll be our first. That will be a good subject. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Take All care, right. y'all. Thank you. I told you. I told you, all over the board, all over the board. I warned you, yeah. and uh, and so you got to witness it, and uh, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're sitting there going, wow, that was special. I wish I was in that room. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, our only regret is we didn't have much more time to continue to unpack as much more with them as we could. Yeah, we were really hoping to get into a little bit more, and they even offered for us to be able to come back and do some more. They unfortunately had somewhere to get to. And uh, again, back to the busyness of these folks that uh, they have no kids uh, and grandkids now and all the different things. And so they've just got way too much going on, which is um, a great thing. I think a good thing. Yeah, it is because they're doing some super special things. Um, Charlie was getting ready to go to a trip with his grandsons in their airstream that they've been doing this family tradition for years. Yeah. Patty was going to a recital for her granddaughter and then they were all going to connect up. They were going to Disney. Right. They were going to Disney. I'll tell you what, it's a, it's worth another podcast with Charlie. I have been fortunate enough to be able to sit with Charlie for the last several years. And the stories that I have heard about him and his grandsons and this annual trip that they do in the Airstream 
it has inspired the heck out of me, and I am years and years away from it, mm-hmm. but I am planning now because that is the grandfather that I want to be, and he right. is one cool grandfather. Right, and the cool thing is that he has asked his, more so the grand, I was going to say the grand guys, the grandsons, because they're now in their 20s, whether they still want to continue to do it, and they do. Yeah. They give up. Stuff. They don't I, miss I remember it. when I was in my 20s, I certainly wasn't going to be you know, hanging out with my grandparents. Yeah. But I think that says a lot about the investment that he and Patty have made, um, and they've just had this really cool legacy that their marriage and their family has now you know, created. So we were excited, and they were just super And welcoming. folks, there's, there's hope in your 70s. <laughs> What would you do more of? You heard it from Charlie. More sex. Yeah. He left Patty blushing, but other than that, they're still going strong. So That's right. That's right. So, hey, that was great. Um, that was one episode with them. We are hoping to circle back with them at some point and get some more uh, nuggets of wisdom. So our next episode's uh, um, coming up with this amazing couple, Dennis and Jane Latimer. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for you guys to... Uh, to hear from them, very different than uh, the Franklins and the Renfros. Yeah, that's what I've loved, yeah. is that you may get similar, not even, though. I don't think we're getting similar in insight. There's so many different personalities of couples that we're sitting with, which I love. Yeah. Because you just see how it plays out. Yeah, guys, Dennis and Jane, Dennis specifically, I've spent more time with Dennis. I love Jane as well. Um, but Dennis always will leave you with some just like drop the mic wisdom and you just got to sit on it and go, wow, I need to listen to that for a minute. And his voice and Jane as well. They're just so calming and uh, you just want to listen to them for these two spazzes that are sitting here. So yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) it's going to be fun for us. It's going to be fun. Y'all going to, y'all going to enjoy it. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. We'd love for you to be a regular follower. And if you would like to leave a comment, that would be super helpful because that way people can find us um, when they po- when they are looking up podcasts. Yeah, and they can join in and learn from some of these great couples as well. So, hey, we'll look forward to catching up with you guys on the next one with Dennis and Jane Latimer. We'll see you guys. Thanks.